Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome back to the Commercial Property Investors Podcast, where we aim to give you the knowledge and confidence to move from residential investment into commercial property investment. And I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. Well, what a difference a week can make. We are in a serious situation right now, where a lot of the world is pinned to the TV set and the internet for news on the coronavirus. You can, of course, get the news 24-7. You can have it on your phone, Facebook, LinkedIn, you name it. It's there. It's everywhere. But... I'm going to try and offer you some balance today because watching all the news and all the social media is not really going to change things for you. And this too shall pass. So I just want to give you some balance. This pragmatic approach is not just, of course, for the current crisis. It could be applied to the next crisis. It could be applied to the last one. So let's just take some time to look towards the future with a bit more of a pragmatic view of trends that might start appearing. While everybody else is running around worrying about the virus, which of course we should worry about, and I'm not belittling it, it is, it is um, a major situation, you also just need to take a little bit of time to actually look at what is going to happen beyond this, because the world will keep turning. So have a think back. 2008, 2009, some of those of you were around at that time in business. Looking back now, hindsight, of course, is a, is a fabulous thing. And if you think about it, when you look back at 2008, 2009, there's probably quite a few things that you think, if only I'd known at the time, I would have maybe done that a little bit differently. I may have done more of that. I might have spent less time worrying about that. I wouldn't have maybe worried about those things that I could nothing about. I might have bought some more of those. And that all comes with hindsight. So let's just play a little mind game. Imagine we're in 2025 having this conversation. Now, use that perspective to look at today. So if you were looking back to 2020, what do you think would become obvious for somebody in 2025 of what we should be doing now in 2020? It's just another way of looking at it but it's just to allow you to take that perspective from not the here and now and all the noise, but from a calmer place, perhaps in the future. So, I've actually got six areas I want to talk to you about today to help you get a bit more of that focus. And in no particular order of importance, I'm just going to go through them right now. So the first one, the obvious one, get your own house in order as much as you can. That's things family, staff, your business, your job, try and get that into the best place you can. It is not black and white. There will be some things there that you just can't alter. You're going to have to accept that. Do everything that you can to get your house in order to allow you to focus on some of the other things in your life. So the second one, which is 
a choice that you can make is make sure you're listening to those who have their feet on the ground and an eye on future trends. Spend some time discussing what changes there may be and how they might affect you, how they might affect your business. It's, I've had this conversation earlier on this week when I was talking with a student um, for our commercial property and we were discussing what and who should we be chatting to because the internet, as I say, is just covered in everything about the virus and it's really difficult to actually tune out. So perhaps the normal networks do not apply. It maybe is a wee bit more selective. So have a think. Is there... Um, is there perhaps a group of people that you know, and it might not be your current networks or network you have set up, but is there a group of people you know that are perhaps just a little bit more focused on the future and have their feet on the ground? A practical approach to life. Because maybe it would be worthwhile pulling together some of those people to make sure that you can balance out the noise and the negativity that you're hearing from the social media. And don't get me wrong, if you like listening to that, fill your boots. There's loads of it out there. But I think it would be important to try and counteract that, to drown that out and just try and be a bit more productive. That is a choice, by the way, and one you can make right now. Do you continue watching the TV and social media constantly for the updates, constantly for the updates? Are they really going to make a difference? For sure, you need to know the information, but you don't need the constant drone. Yes, you need to check in once a day to see because, my goodness, the government keep changing the rules, don't they? We have a restaurant each and every day we have had to sit down and have a new plan on how we're going to approach things until they just keep reducing and reducing and changing the plans. So, yes, it's important to see what they're doing every day, but equally you need to keep an eye on the future. So if you handpick some people who you're going to share ideas with and maybe have some rules, maybe two groans and you're out, two negative statements, you're out. It needs to be some people who are pragmatic and are going to be able to share either A, ideas on how to get through what's going on right now, or B, things that are actually going to start changing in the future. Because a lot of what I'm going to talk about is thinking. What is it that's going to change? Great tools for that, of course, would be WhatsApp, uh, weekly Zoom calls, these sorts of um, technology tools that allow you, even though you're stuck at home, to interact with people that are going to add balance. Indeed, a, a local mastermind of uh, property investors I belong to, we're actually going to up our discussion rate. So we used to meet once a month. We're now going to increase that to once a week. Of course, it's going to have to be online, but we're still going to try and discuss and look at trends to try and counteract all the other noise. So the third thing. What sort of things should we actually be thinking about? So this list is huge, of course, and I'm only going to cover a few things here that have popped into my mind. So let's just consider these things. What the sort of thing am I talking about? Well, look back to 2008. They printed and printed and printed loads and loads of money. And normally you would say, or at least the economists would say, print lots of money in time, inflation is going to catch you up. Right now, they're printing money like never before. Will that mean inflation? The thing that seemed odd to me that was after 2008, after all that money being printed, we didn't really have high inflation. 
But there were lots of other macroeconomic things going on that maybe suppressed that, whether indeed that was um, importing goods, importing cheaper goods, the price of oil, its fluctuations. There was lots of factors that maybe kept inflation down. But I'm pretty sure that if we keep printing money the way we are, inflation will come and bite us in the ass at some point. And of course, inflation is actually pretty good for government debt because over time, the value of that debt reduces due to inflation, just eroding it. So I would think some governments who are printing so much money are going to be trying to think up ways of repaying that. And one of the ways to not repay that is allow inflation to perhaps eat away at it. So have a think. How is inflation going to affect what you're doing? If you've got lots of money sitting in the bank, is that going to help? If you have money and assets that are going to increase in value with inflation, is that perhaps a better place? So here's another thought. Even a few days in, some of you that may be going out for your one exercise moment for the day, maybe you're just starting to begin to have those discussions in your head about life and what is really important. Because this time is giving us a chance to reflect. And it's maybe, do I want more time with my family? Are you enjoying life? Being more in the moment. Perhaps you're thinking, as I was this morning, I was thinking, yes, I really could do with some more travel. And then, of course, I can't do that right now. But when it changes, maybe I'm going to do some more travel. Is it maybe, what is this situation highlighted as... Um, areas in my life that maybe weren't as solid as I thought. So maybe maybe there should be more investments. Should there be more savings? What sort of things have you been thinking about when you're out doing your little walk, when you're having that moment to just reflect on what's going on around about you? So if you're having these thoughts, who else is? And what will that mean when things are lifted? So just have a think about that for a minute. If you're having all these thoughts as I've had some of these thoughts, what will perhaps change at the other side? Will people go back to exactly the way they are? And there certainly will be some that will. Will some people reflect on this time and think, actually, maybe I need to approach my life slightly differently? So let's have a look at the implications for property, just with those simple thoughts. So for instance, at the moment, if you have self-catering or service departments, holiday lets, it's probably quite difficult. It can be challenging at the moment. A lot of investors are now looking at, do I, how do I switch these back to normal rentals um, so that I can get an income? It is hard, but looking forward, is it likely that all these people are having these thoughts right now are gonna start thinking when things are lifted, I really need to go on holiday. I wanna start getting back to nature, I want to get out and about to perhaps even just places in the country I'm in to go and enjoy life. So maybe holiday lets and service accommodation are going to come back even stronger. But I appreciate right now it's difficult. And the residential market, what's the implications there? Well, high-end residential, mm, not brilliant. DHS, mm, looks more stable now, doesn't it? So there's different ways of looking at these things. And of course, let's move on to commercial. What is the effect there? Well, it totally depends on where you are and what your strategy is. Because yes, high street shops are struggling. Yes, um, some forms of manufacturing are struggling. Some forms of a 
professional offices are struggling because they just don't have any income right now. But also, online business is going nuts. Takeaways improving, transport, some manufacturing is exploding. There's rapid changes there. And it just depends on where you are in that market. It is a big market. What about opportunity? Well, I'm going to come on to that a little bit later on about commercial. This this podcast is not just about commercial. This applies to other business too. Um, because this is all about trying to spot trends, trying to focus on what is going to effectively turn into opportunity. So what other factors could be different? Let's have a think about that. Let me ask you a question. Have you heard of SAS pensions? They're a fantastic tool for business owners to wrap a commercial property up in a tax-free bubble. A SAS can work particularly well with the CMO strategy to generate money both inside and outside of your pension. It goes without saying, I'm not a SAS expert, but let me introduce you to someone that is. Bryn Walker has been advising on SAS pensions for many years and has been a long-term supporter of the CPI network. SAS and commercial property work incredibly well together, but there are many nuances and Bryn will make sure you don't stray from the right path. Look in the show notes for the partner link and book up a SAS discovery call with Bryn. Or macro stuff. The government. Right now, how much are they involved in our everyday life? Whew. Well, they are definitely getting involved. They have to. So when this is all over, is there going to be more state involvement or less state involvement? Who's going to repay all this money? Is it going to be you and me? It's, it's going to have to come from the taxpayer, isn't it? Inflation might help, but ultimately that money is going to have to come from the taxpayer. How is that going to make things different? Here's a different one. Trump. Donald Trump certainly looked like, to me, whatever your politics, to me it looked like he was likely to get back in. But I have to say, depending on how he handles this crisis, it could be the end of him. It could be that somebody else gets in. And it may, you may think that has got nothing to do with your business or your buy-to-let. It probably will. It probably will. You should have a look at these things and think, what is that, what's that, what influence is that going to have if he doesn't get back in? Or indeed if he does. What businesses are actually going to be here at the end of this? And what businesses are not? People's buying and working habits have had to change. Will they continue to change? Will they go back to the way they were? Or have some of them changed forever? So these are things you need to be looking at. Are they? How are they going to influence both your business and, of course, ultimately what we're talking about here is commercial property. So finally, just in there, will this happen again? Probably. They might have more tight, tighter... Um, rules and international rules about whenever a virus breaks out, but the likelihood is this sort of thing may happen again. So what are you going to do about that? So on to the commercial stuff, just for a second. Commercial. Here and now is challenging. It's difficult. We have clearly our our business, our main business is commercial letting. And one of the key things we're having to do right now and everybody's having to do is keep an eye on all the government support for business to see what they're doing, what they're suggesting they're going to do for tenants, what they may do for you, what they're doing for different types of clients that you may have in your properties. And then you need to really spot the gaps and what you maybe need to do. 
Of course, this is changing. By the time you listen to this podcast, it may well be that a whole new raft of measures have come in. But ultimately, you need to keep an eye on the government support for business that's coming out to see how that's going to affect your customers, ultimately how it's going to affect you. And some sectors will take longer to recover. Some may not recover at all. Some may decide, if you think about this, some people may decide they're not actually going to go back to their business. Because there's probably quite a lot of people out there who had pubs, guest houses, perhaps any sort of retail or hospitality, where they never really thought that they had a way out. They're just going through the motions, trying to make a living, stuck in a kind of a rut, not really an exit opportunity. But now with time to reflect, because they've had to close, maybe some of those people will actually see this as their way out. And they won't actually go back to what they were doing because they've realised that life isn't just about running the pub or running the hospitality business or other businesses, of course, that are being affected. So there will be opportunities where people have finally changed their approach of what they're doing. So what else should we do? So this is this is the fourth thing. Let's look out for opportunities. Listen to what is happening and just think about how that's going to affect commercial property and customers. So as an example, um, right now, Amazon, online, lots of um, delivery businesses are all struggling to keep up. And is that going to accelerate from here? Are we actually going to see that online is going to accelerate in growth? Clearly it is. But will that be maintained? I.e., will people's buying habits change? And if they do, what does that mean for the type of property that's going to be needed? And the type of property that's not going to be needed? And of course, back to the original part of this conversation, if we're looking at life leisure, family, from a different perspective because of what's happening in the world, will it be that leisure and the experiential um, things that people are looking for, is that actually going to increase from here? When we get out the other side of this, are these things that people are going to be looking more for? I think it is. How is it you're going to either adapt your business to suit that or indeed find a business that suits that? So the fifth thing, Get in touch with agents. So this is really about commercial. I remember back in 2009 that something amazing happened. Something that was just totally unexpected. Commercial property agents actually began to phone me. (laughs) So I know that may be sound mad, but prior to then, none of them ever returned my call, let alone phone me out of the blue. And in 2009, I remember starting to get phone calls from agents. They just never did that before. And they were phoning me up to ask me how things were, where they had had maybe some opportunities and they thought maybe we should look at them. The whole landscape changed. And interestingly, in 2009, when I did start getting calls, that was when we came across a great deal, which we ended up buying um, later on in 2009, near the end of the year. And still, that's one of our best performing assets. That one was off market. The agent phoned me. 
There was an issue where the current business was struggling with it. They didn't quite know what to do with it. There wasn't enough income, but there was loads of opportunity. Back to what I've maybe said um, to you in previous podcasts, commercial multi-let, when you're buying them, if they've got a partial income, that really helps with funding. But it also means that the, the, the non-income producing part is the bit you can really work on. And people do ask me, right, the model you have, surely with shorter term leases or shorter term licenses, surely when things go badly in the economy, that they all leave you en masse. Well, that's not the reality I've come across. Because even now, we have had some customers that, that have, you know, are struggling. But we've also had customers that are new to us, coming to us and saying, either A, my office has been closed down, I need some space. Or B, I'm downsizing, I need some space. Or C, my lease has just come to an end, I don't want to go into another five-year lease because I don't know what's going to happen. I would rather have a license, which is a shorter term. Our licenses are typically 12 months. So actually, this is quite a good period when, uh, okay, not when we're doing nothing, which is happening right now, but the bit to come when business is in fluctuate, fluctuating, that's when actually a licensed model and a commercial multi-let can work quite well. So the point I'm trying to make anyway is get in touch with the agents because they will start coming across deals now and they will have customers who perhaps have great businesses but are needing to finance things really quickly and they need to exit some assets that they have. And those assets might not be working so well for them, but they might work really well for you. So you need to be informed about deals. And the only way you're going to do that is getting in touch with agents and building those relationships. You may become their new best friend. They will return your calls. At least they should be. So the sixth thing, which is more to do with how you actually utilize these uh, potential projects is get close to your funding sources. So what do I mean by that? Well, the bank is one. Your um, perhaps even family and friends, if you haven't already worked with them for uh, funding sources and further afield with people that you know that perhaps have sold a business They've perhaps um, inherited some money. They've perhaps got some a pot of money that they would like to invest. But right now, 0.01% return is not really floating their boat. And you maybe just need to talk to them about your investment journey so far, some of the things you've done with residential, and that commercial opportunities are going to start coming up. And you really need to build a relationship with these people to try and make sure that you've got your funding in place because, believe me, these opportunities will come up. And it might be that it was opportunities that you've looked at already that the person has just been holding out for too much and reality is now going to start settling in where actually those properties and those prices are going to start coming down. So do think about buildings that you've looked at in the past, some tires you've kicked where you've just done the numbers and it's just not made any sense. It may be the numbers will start making sense. So those were the six things. And I'm, I'm just going to finish with a bit of positivity here um, in this current climate. It's perhaps something that um, we could all do with. So about um, 10 days ago, we finally completed on our, our latest commercial deal. 
it's a building that I've, I, I know really well. We've done some work in it ourselves. Um, I've known some of the customers that are in there for, for many years. It's about just under 10,000 square foot. It actually used to be a multi-let building. It's now got one lease for one tenant who is fairly well insulated from the current uh, market turbulence. So it's unusual for us. We don't normally take on buildings with, with single leases, but there is a reason for it. Um, not least that I know this building will work well in the long term as a multi-let. But also, because it was off-market, the price was good. And with it came a small container park, container storage. And there, there's lots that we can change and improve. And operationally, it's something that can just slide into the existing uh, business and team that we have. So our overhead will be quite low on it. And it will allow us to cross-sell with our other buildings. I tend to focus on buildings that are not a long way from our other properties so that we've always got opportunities to cross-sell. You don't want to compete against your own properties, but equally, if you are within a reasonable distance, it does give you the opportunity to perhaps cross-sell, particularly if you have two buildings of different type of stock. So one might be... If you're looking at hotels, it might be a four-star and one of them might be two-star. And that way, when you have a customer coming in, you have more options should they desire something that's different than the model they're looking at right there. And it might be you have something else a few miles down the road. It was, at, as I say, it was actually an off-market deal. And we, we started having a conversation about that about nine months ago, maybe even 12 months ago. And it does take time for these deals to happen. But this one, because it was off market, because of other things that were going on and another building we've been developing and investing a lot of money in, I was quite happy for that time, to, that sorry, that uh, deal to take time to work its way through. I think, I think it's important also to say, though, that I was working on other opportunities. And this is one of the things that I really try and encourage uh, mentees to consider. The more projects you get on the table... The more projects you're digging up and looking at, the more choices you have. That tends to reduce the emotional attachment. I have seen it a few times where um, people I'm maybe mentoring have found a building and, and I have to say some of them look fantastic. I can see why they're emotionally involved. But the challenge is if it's your only building, you get too emotionally involved. You may not get it for a good price. You may not be able to um, get the timing right. And it's only when you have choices do you get better leverage, better balance, and ultimately a better price. Because it allows you to compare. You're looking at return on investment, which is ultimately what most of us are looking for. And you're comparing it across those different opportunities. So it's really, really important. If you are looking out at buildings and opportunities and you manage to lift your head out of the current quadmire, to look for opportunities, make sure you give yourself choices. Give yourself choices of different types of project, different types of outcome. And then when you're negotiating on those projects, you're going to have leverage, not least an emotional leverage in your head. You're going to be able to approach each one with a certain amount of detachment because it's more about the numbers rather than about the emotion. So, in summary, get your own house in order as best you can. 
It's really important you do that. Support those around you as much as you can. Do everything you can to stabilise your business. But ultimately, you're not going to get that nailed down black and white. It will be shades of grey. There'll be some bits you can't control. Deal with the bits you can. Number two, get the right people around you. More so than ever. Be selective. The network you maybe currently have might have too many people in it with a slightly negative disposition. You might have to select it and make it a bit more narrow. Use technology to keep in touch regularly. Make sure that when you're having those discussions, you're discussing positivity. If people keep complaining, kick them out. You can get loads of negativity elsewhere. Just dive on social media, gorge on it. But if you want to move forward, get yourself around some people that are thinking about the future. Number three, start to think through things that are happening around you both on a local scale and a macro scale. It's not just about what's happening on your high street. It's also about what's happening in politics in America, politics in UK, politics in Scotland, because they do love to um, argue against each other and it's difficult to know where they're going, but you have to try and spot some patterns. The fourth thing, look out for commercial opportunities. Apply the trends that you're starting to spot to building requirements. That's really the nub of it. What is it that's going on that's going to create different types of demand? When we go back to reality and we get over this, because this will pass, are the previous requirements still going to be there or will things change? And if you can work out ways that things are going to change, which they will, then perhaps you can position yourself to take Um, to take some wise investments. So when you're sitting in 2025, you can say, I'm glad I did that in 2020. I'm glad I thought about what would be a good thing to do rather than worrying about all the things I couldn't do. So the fifth thing, agent relationships. Start creating more regular contact with the agents. You may well become their new best friend. To be able to take, of course, advantage of any of these Um, opportunities are going to come. The sixth thing is get close to your funding sources, i.e. be ready. Don't be, um, you know, when somebody says to you, oh, you were lucky you managed to buy that building. Oh, you were lucky you took um, that opportunity. Luck's got nothing to do with it. It's all about the preparedness. So please stay positive and alert. Reach out to people who can lift you up. Find more information about what we're doing on our Facebook page, our private um, Facebook group, Commercial Property Investors, and feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. It would be great to hear your comments or your thoughts on trends to begin a discussion about other things that maybe you've spotted, because collectively maybe we can come to um, view things with all those little different bits and pieces that people will give you from a positive side, and then you can maybe plot your own path. So finally, if you found this useful, please share it with those that you think might benefit from uh, managing to actually get an opportunity to lift their head to look to the future. So catch up with you next time.